Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I am your host, Dr. Tana M. Session, and I am so excited to be back for another episode where I get to bring another phenomenal guest. I'm here today with Luke Doubler, and I'm going to let him formally introduce himself, tell you about his company, and believe me, you are going to want to stay tuned to hear what we talk about today. It's all about recruiting. It's all about what's happening in the job market today. It's all about what you as uh, candidates, as well as you as hiring managers, can take away from today's episode to increase the likelihood of A, getting the job that you want for the pay that you want, and for those employers getting the right candidate for the right roles. Luke, take it away. Uh, Tana, thank you for having me on today. Uh, greetings, everybody. My name is Luke Doubler. I own Recruiter Central. Recruiter Central is an executive search firm based in the uh, frigid north here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we have 12 employees and we're growing rapidly. Uh, my team uh, recruits for all positions, uh, all the way up to executive level positions down to hourly skilled labor positions. We've been in existence for uh, almost six years uh, prior to starting my search firm at Recruiter Central, I was a executive recruiter at Target Corporation based here in Minneapolis. And then prior to that, I was at Cargill, which is the largest privately held uh, food manufacturer in the world. Wow. Well, welcome, welcome. We all love Target. Do you still Target. Target? <laughs> it was fun working Are you there. a forever fan? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we had a blast working there. It's, it's one of the funnest places to work that I've ever heard of. So um Big call out oh, to Target. Wow. Yeah, I had a blast. Oh, Excellent. Well, again, thanks for spending time with me today. Certainly. And I want to start off by just asking a simple, well, it may not be so simple, but I want to ask a question. Are we in the best uh, place right now as it relates to the job market? Is it really the great resignation or the great reshuffle? What, what exactly is it? What's happening right now? Yeah, so that's the, the million dollar question. So just to kind of give your audience a little sample of the clients we support, we have a lot of venture equity clients, a lot of investment clients, and it's kind of a transition cautionary period right now. Everybody's kind of wondering where the money's going in terms of the interest rates are going up and companies are considering they're hiring a little bit differently. They're putting a little bit more thought around it. Uh, and then more importantly, it's, it's extremely competitive, especially in the STEM space, science, technology, math. Um, that those are the biggest, most competitive roles by far across all industries. If you have a, a science degree and have been um, adding value there, uh, it, it, there's a lot of demand for you right now. And we can get into the specifics of that. But uh, it's, it's, there's definitely been a massive recession, and we're still down a couple million jobs, I think 2 million jobs, according to SHRM, Society of Human Resources Management, since the start of the recession. And then our workforce is looking different. Specifically, uh, you see some elderly individuals that are rejoining the workforce. Uh, you're seeing definitely a different uh, difference in the way we work. Work from home is now the norm where it used to be the exception. And frankly, during COVID, when it was in peak, um, you had our, our, our elderly workforce doing a lot of the jobs that weren't being picked up, such as bus drivers, um, various drivers, more um, of those types of roles that kept the economy going um, during that time. And so the workforce looks very different than it did three years ago. And frankly, I, I don't think it'll ever look the same ever. Um, work from home and how you work with your employer will definitely uh, always be different. And um you know, there's so much information out there and it's, it's much more easy to be marketed and to see jobs and share information. And so 
you know, 10 years, uh, you know, someone having a 10 year of two to three years before the, uh, the COVID, especially in technology was considered okay. You know, now people are changing jobs all the time. Um, a lot of times when I'm, we're recruiting technologists, you know, there's competing against two or three offers often out there and, and, and you got to move quick, but, uh, you know, it's crazy time right now. It's a wild, wild West in recruiting. That's for sure. And, um, I don't even know where to go from there. There's just so much to take in actually, but it's a fun time. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching it as well. And to your point, I've seen companies now, you know, Netflix just did some layoffs as well as some other organizations you have, I think it's Uber said that they're going to be very intentional with their hiring. So they're not bringing in as many people, uh, Amazon and, and I think Walmart both said that they've overhired, you know, because people mm-hmm. who were out sick when they were doing a bunch of hiring, now they're back at work. So now they have, you know, mm-hmm. people, two, two times the people for the same position. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I see it as a reshuffle versus the resignation. I think people are still, you know, based on my LinkedIn, I still see people up and down my timeline to get any jobs. And when I ask them, you know, hey, did they find you or did you find them? Oftentimes they're like, no, they found me. So I know there's a lot of proactive recruiting going on as well with um, recruiters actually going out and looking for people probably people who are already employed and they're, you know, presented with an offer that, you know, that you can't refuse in the words of the Godfather. So it's a good thing. I think, you know, <laughs> and who, who do you think, who do you think is in control right now? Do you think it's the employees and candidates that are in control? Or do you think it's still the employer because they hold the purse strings? So I like your term, uh, the great reshuffle. Um, Cause in the beginning, I think it was a great resignation in terms of everybody was kind of, maybe scared or wanting to see what happens. And then it definitely morphed into the great reshuffle, whereas different skill sets came into demand. And if you look at, you know, the earnings of Fortune 500 companies, and especially the ones that are missing earnings, some of the themes are almost always tied back to staffing. You know, they'll say supply chain or procurement issues or, you know, whatever they may say, but a lot of it has to do with people actually being able to touch the product and and, and do their thing and, and getting, Skilled labor uh, is becoming more difficult than ever. So we're definitely seeing those themes out there. But uh, I love love that term that you use there. And um, especially now, uh, we're we're seeing big changes in there. For example, um, technology companies, generally speaking, you know, for them to have their engineers, you need your stereotypical, you know, bachelor's degree in computer science. And now things are changing aggressively where you can take an, you know, an online six month course in coding or not have a technical STEM degree in computer science. And those people are being hired by, I'm seeing that happening all the time. Um, wow. the, the theme that, that I'm, I'm seeing is that it's the, the doers, the technical doers are again, the most sought after individuals. And so, you know, if, if you, if you don't have a great skill that you feel that is marketable, you know, now is the time to get that skill. And I think it's only going to continue that way as we see more automation in the workforce and everything from retail to manufacturing. The need is individuals that have that technical capability that they can bring to the company. And, and, and that's really where companies are competing to find that top talent is in those science, technology, math arenas. Yeah. Definitely. And I think in the retail side, because there's so much turnover built into the model, they're constantly yes. looking and hiring, but they've also increased hourly wages as yes. well. And I've seen signs. So I like uh, looking on Reddit. I don't know if you if you ever looked on there. They sure. have a channel called Anti-Work. So the uh-huh. Anti-Work channel is hilarious. I look at it every morning. 
And there's always posts on there from people, you know, mostly employees that share their experiences in the workplace. And so one of the things they were saying is how, you know, the salary range is, you know, going up now to, you know, 15 to $20 an hour for retail and, and um, food and beverage um, positions. And someone put on there, hold off because they still need us. We can get them to 25. So it's like, you know, they're they're watching the market too and they're paying attention. They're like, yeah, we're in high demand as well, right? The frontline employees. And for years they were underpaid and now they're they're kind of holding the the control right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you asked about the control. Yeah, so, um, you know, it it, it shifts back and forth as the the market, you know, changes. It's either a candidate market or a client or employer market, if you will. And um, like I said before, the top technology candidates or science, or I'm just going to say STEM candidates again, moving forward. uh, If they're looking, I mean, as we interview them on the phone, uh, (laughs) you know, I'll talk to the top you know, data scientist candidates say, and they'll be like, yeah, I've gotten 20 messages this week. I've gotten 40 messages this week. You know, who are you? What do you, you know, what can you give me? So <laughs> it's insane um, what they're getting in huge demand there. But um, yeah, so it, I would say it's certainly a candidate market right now, but it's not quite as hot as I say it was, uh, you know, three or four months ago, being it May uh, 2022. Um, it's cooling down a tad. Um, but that's what I'm seeing kind of at the cutting edge of, of, you know, employer hiring right now with some of my bigger clients. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, again, with everyone talking about the recession or potential recession plus inflation, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we have it coming from both ends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that they're being cautious in terms of, you know, hiring much more strategically now and not being as reactionary, you know, like I said, with Uber, just being much more intentional about those positions. Um, so tell me, tell me, what do you think employees, potential employees or candidates can do um, to, you know, increase their marketability? I know you kind of touched on it when you said learn new skills. Are there particular mm-hmm. skills that you feel like they should be focused on? Yeah. And so when you are, say, in the market, and, and this would be what I would tell anybody, is you always have to be marketing yourself every day. I appreciate individuals like you who put out information out there and are are constantly learning and growing. And and that's, that's absolutely wonderful and critical here. So, you know, what you need to do is you need to market yourself. And so the first step in marketing yourself is defining your brand. What is your brand and your brand should be fairly easily found if you Google yourself. So define your brand, see what your current brand is and Google yourself. So how do you show up on Google? Uh, how do you show up on LinkedIn? How do you show up in various professional networks? Because recruiters like me, that they're doing the same thing to find you. Um, and you want to be thinking, well, how do I best market myself? And a lot of it is a kind of a keyword play or basically finding the most relevant audience and then inserting your message in there. So for example, if you're using LinkedIn, you don't want to use LinkedIn without any intention or forethought. So you want to think of LinkedIn as a series of keywords that's relevant to the market or the person that you're trying to to find. So for me, for example, I'm a recruiter. I own Recruiter Central. Uh, I want to market myself to business leaders. I want to market myself to hiring managers. I want to market myself to top candidates. And so everything I do when I interact with my social brand online is relevant to that audience. And so, for example, I'm on this podcast with you. I do podcasts all the time. My keywords reflect what I do. Um, I'm in audiences or networks or groups or professional organizations that are relevant to what I do. Uh, I have my LinkedIn profile loaded with keywords that associate me with the brand that I'm looking for. So 
Look at LinkedIn opposite, not the same as your resume, but LinkedIn as a series of keywords to identify your brand. So you're always updating that. You're always staying relevant and you're always trying to add uh, value to, to your network. And, and that's a great way you can market yourself. But, you know, Googling yourself is the first step. Us recruiters are, are doing that to you constantly. We're finding you on LinkedIn, but, you know, when you Google yourself, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, you have a clean professional representation of, of what you're looking for. And if not, you know, you can definitely you know, change it, remove images or whatever you have, but, you know, you want to strive to always perpetuate what that ideal brand that you, that you're looking for. Right. I love it. Yeah. I, I talk to people about their personal brand all the time. And I say all of us are brand managers, whether we admit it or not, yep, especially absolutely. in today's world of social media. Yes. Yeah. In today's world of social media, you have to be so, so focused on what is that brand? What is that representation that I want people to have about me? And then for me, it's about, I wanted to transition to when they meet me in person. So I'm very intentional about the experience they have with me on LinkedIn. I want them to know when they meet with me, that's exactly who they're meeting. Right. So I'm the, I'm, consistent i'm consistent people have told me that so it works i know it's working it does so, and the candidates we talking, if i could say okay. this too and the candidates that are getting all the messages on linkedin are the ones that are seo'd or search engine optimized mainly due to the keywords when recruiters find candidates they use a series of keywords generally it's just a couple keywords specifically but usually it's no more than seven or eight keywords at very max if you have those keywords and you have them often and numerous throughout your linkedin profile you're going to be the one getting access too much more opportunity. Why? Because you're showing up number one in the search results and you're going to be the one seeing sure. you know, more opportunities. Yeah. Now, and to your point that that definitely works because a lot of times when people reach out to me, you know, through my website and one of the first things I do is ask them, how did you find me? And they're like, I did a search and you came up. Like I look for this word or these words mm -hmm. and, you know, you consistently came up. So again, being very intentional from that perspective is important. Absolutely. Um, and as you were talking, I wrote down two questions. So what should employers do to help improve the candidate experience? Because I've been hearing and seeing a lot. As I said, I'm always on the Reddit channel for anti-work. Mm -hmm. But even on LinkedIn, people have posted what that experience was like for them and how they just missed the mark. So mm -hmm. what are you advising your corporate clients on in terms of that candidate experience? Because it's so important. Yeah. And so you're seeing, this is so true across the board. And the ones that are struggling right now are the ones that aren't adapting to change and listening to the people who they're interviewing. So what that looks like, the ones that are not doing well right now is they have a drawn out interview process, um, many separate touch points, um, maybe irrelevant uh, people interviewing people who don't actually work with this particular role, uh, very long feedback times. Um, and maybe over technical type assessments that last a very long time. Um, the, can't, the, the employers that are doing well have adapted to change very well. So they, they make decisions relatively quickly. They shorten the interview process to a week to two weeks max. Uh, wow. They leave very realistic expectations at the end of the phone call, what it will look like, what we're, you know, what we're thinking. Um, keep it in mind, top candidates, we're often competing with numerous offers here. And if you're not a market lead on compensation, uh, you really need to think about, you know, the candidate experience, because that's going to be one of the, one of the, maybe the fewer things that you could bring to the table is offering a wow experience when you interview them, as opposed to having the most greatest, highest salary. So really focusing on having that buttoned up, having it as quick 
quickly and as impactfully as impossible as possible. Uh, those are the, the clients that are winning for sure. Uh, some of the big, some of my big clients, which I won't name right now, they, they're a little bit too stuck to the old process. And, you know, a month interview, forget about it. Three week interview, forget yeah. about it. I mean, uh, if you're, if you're after uh, an active candidate in the market that has high skill set, you're going to almost certainly miss out on that candidate. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about ghosting? So I've heard where not only the employer, yeah, the employer or the hiring manager or the recruiter ghosted the candidate, but also candidates ghosted by not showing up on the first day after they've accepted the offer. Have you heard about that too? Oh, you kidding me? Yes. And so uh, (laughs) to the candidate's credit, um, top candidates, they're getting just pelted with so much noise all the time. And uh, to some of their credit, I can see how ghosting can happen just kind of out of, you know, drinking out of a fire hose all the time, you know, uh, and then maybe they haven't gotten too very far in the interview process. I definitely understand that. But, uh, you know, when companies come in and, you know, they can move quickly within a you know, week or less and, and make an offer, uh, those are the ones sliding in there and, and getting that higher. So what we're seeing uh, ghosting is a lot more common with uh, employers who have a very long, drawn-out, ambiguous interview process, a less than compelling interview process. Those are the ones that are going to have a, a lot higher ghosting rate. And trust me, uh, I'm, uh, I don't have any hair. Uh, I had hair before COVID, and uh, it fell all out with all the ghosting messages that I got. I hope that wasn't a cause. Yeah, no, I, I'm just kidding. I was always bald. But yeah, it's uh, ghosting is uh, almost a daily thing here, especially in technology. But um, it yeah. happens and, you know, there's better opportunities out there is usually why it happens. Yeah, I was surprised to hear how many people have said that, you know, the candidate accepted the offer, they're supposed to show up and then they just never heard from them again. They just never, never showed up. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not happy to say it, but on an average month, and I, I mean, we're making probably you know, 40 offers a month, nothing crazy, you know, one or two. That's significant though. <laughs> it is, but one or two will ghost us. And uh, oh. that was never, it was never at that high just three years ago, but um, right. yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's one of the ups yeah. and downs of recruiting. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> go through the old process. They don't show up on day one. Oh man, it's rough. Yeah. And what about, um, would you say hybrid or remote working is here to stay? I have some companies, I'm sure you've seen them as well, that demanding that people return to the office, you know, three, four days a week. I think eventually they're hoping that they would just organically morph back into five days a week if they have them there so many days. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts and what are your your clients saying about that? So right now I have about 10 clients who are on-site, and this is specifically technology, so software okay. engineers specifically, and I'm just going to give kind of this A-B example. I have 10 clients who require their technologists to be on-site. I have roughly 10 um, clients who uh, allow remote work or 100% um, of remote work, and, um, and I'm going to tell you, almost exclusively, the candidates are going for that too, and we really struggle, especially if the employer isn't able to wow the candidate either in the interview with the comp package or what have you. Um, you know, the candidates are going to go to the remote work uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, I, I do want to kind of share something that I've noticed, especially with individuals who are, are, are fairly young in the workforce, specifically individuals that, you know, just joined the workforce two years ago. Um, for better or for worse, 
you know, they've never really been in, especially a lot of the large corporations I work with, candidates or, excuse me, employees who have only worked from home their whole adult life and maybe are 24, 25, 26. There's good and bad with that. I've seen that, you know, you learn a lot being with individuals uh, on site, how people interact, follow up, you know, professional posure, Mm -hmm. what have you. And, um, you know, you're not seeing that as much with a person who has literally never worked in corporate environment. And I think that, you know, we'll learn that. But a lot of times when I'm interviewing people who've only been uh, remote, um, it, it, it seems like there's a few things missing. And, and to me, that has been over, overly blunt uh, about what I'm seeing, but um, sure. it, it, I'm definitely seeing it. I mean, I know if I was 24 and only worked remote, man, I would be all over the place. I need a little bit of structure for me, uh, but I'm 42 now and I've learned, uh, you know, how to structure my day, but as how to a behave young yourself. Man, yeah, <laughs> I would have been a mess. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading a list of like the key skills that Gen Z are missing. And it's like interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, like yes. all of the things I guess, you, you know, you learn when you're in social environments in corporate America and you're yes. interacting with people of different generations, different experiences, different yes. backgrounds even. And you learn how to improve in those areas. So to be, I think this is going to be a huge, significant case study for some PhD you oh, know, absolutely. in 2025 or 2030 down the road, you know, mm-hmm. once we kind of normalize where we're going to be i think it's going to be interesting to see what this decade is like like yeah. what, what human behaviors changed and which ones were lost and which ones were improved as a result of this yep um, it's not so, going to be the same yeah absolutely it won't it won't so i have another question for you um this is in my space my sweet spot around diversity uh-huh. so is diversity recruiting still a focus for your clients are they still specifically asking for quote-unquote diverse candidates and if so, what specifically do they mean by that? Yeah, so I would say the volume has certainly been turned up um, with that. Turned and, up? Okay. Yeah, uh, with the clients that I work with. And, um, you know, really the the prize in diversity is finding, again, the STEM diverse individuals in there. And that's really what mm-hmm. clients are coming to me asking for is I would love to get more uh, diverse STEM uh, candidates. And so that's a huge focus of us here at Recruiter Central. But being more meaningful about it and understanding, you know, kind of what your current representation is um, and how to reflect to that, and, and especially the messaging too. And so mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of times, um, you know, just kind of recruiting one on one, when we send messages out to candidates, we like to incorporate um, trying to recruit the hiring manager that we're working for, trying to recruit other individual contributors in the team. So sending them a message, calling them on the phone and, and, and pitching them the job, uh, making sure that your message and your pitch is effectively vetted and viewed by a diverse pool. Um, just because you're making a message, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean it's reflective of who you're trying to recruit. It really doesn't matter what I say. What matters right. is what the person hiring is, is looking for and ultimately the person who is receiving the message. And so that's a big thing we do here at Recruiter Central is we're constantly um, incorporating uh, the hiring leaders, the individual contributors, the high performers uh, to give us stringent, aggressive feedback on what we're, what we're saying. You know, does that resonate mm-hmm. with you? Are we, are, you know, what do you care about? Uh, you know, maybe this part of the message doesn't even resonate or matter to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And so not living in a bubble and really 
uh, bringing them along with, and, you know, the end result as a recruiter, you're going to be seen as much more of a strategic add-on because they're going to know what you're doing. They're going to respect what you're doing right more. They're going to know more about the recruiting process just versus, you know, showing up and throwing a few resumes at them and seeing how they react. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it will continue. Um, of course, you know, I know, over the last couple of years, a lot of people put a lot of messaging out saying that this is something that they will focus on and increasing the diversity, especially when you get into like mid-level manager and above. Um, so um, my hope is that that won't start to fade. So I'm glad that you said that it's, it's in your experience, it's starting to ramp up even. Yeah, the, the, um, definitely. And, it's not going away. I can tell you that. I would just the clients are talking about it more consistently than they were two, three years ago. Even That's just my clients. Good. Yeah. Good. So um, can we talk about a little bit of corporate gossip for a minute? Yeah. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw the Wells Fargo story about this. Have you seen that story where they said that they were doing fake interviews? Okay. So what do you think about that, Luke? (laughs) Well, I have my thoughts. Yeah. And so specifically as it relates to um, minorities and diversity or is that what you're asking about? Yeah. Well, yeah, where they were doing the fake interviews, um, they already had someone for the job, but they wanted to have their numbers look good. So they basically, you know, set people up for failure, basically. Yeah. And so Wells Fargo, yeah, I'm not going to get into them when they were setting up fake accounts to a little while ago, which got them in hot water here. But uh, right. that's really the opposite of, of what we're looking to do is say that you are. And then, you know, how do you think that makes a person feel if uh, you were just set up? Right. So. What they did has led to lifelong, well, I should say, very long, poor consequences to their employment brand as minority yep. or um, someone looking to join Wells Fargo. You know, that's going to be like, what? You know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. you're not preaching about diversity. You don't care about diversity. You're just, uh, you know, walking the walk, not talking talk here. And so mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the PR that they got from that is going to be very detrimental to their employment brand for years to come. You're not really going to forget about that. Um, so, you know, from a PR perspective, devastating. And and, and it just go, kind of goes to show maybe it was with good intentions. Uh, maybe not. I, I read a little bit about that, but right. it didn't seem like it was a very good idea at all. Uh, ill-conceived, perhaps. But uh, your employment brand, it takes so long to build it up and it can be destroyed very quickly. But um you know, the, the, the consequences of, of the PR that they're going to get from this is going to be devastating for years to come. Yeah. I woke up this morning and decided I'm moving my account from them. So no. <laughs> I gave him a shot. I was like, okay, you made a mistake two years ago when you said there's no diversity candidates out here. We can't find them. I'm like, what? And then he had to come back and say, my apology, that was my bias and we're going to do better. I was like, okay, I'll give you a shot. Now, so this, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. So I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm a customer client. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not thinking with Wells Fargo. Uh, representation so Luke, is important in your employee base. Absolutely. 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 Um, so Luke, anything we didn't cover, anything you feel like you want to leave everyone with any last minute nuggets that you think will be helpful for anyone who's a candidate or thinking about leaving their job or testing the job market or even hiring managers and recruiters and, you know, executives inside the corporation. Sure. So 
the thing that is going to continue is the speed of businesses is going to continue to increase. Um, this goes with technology. This goes with uh, the various tools that we have. This goes with business trends and themes. And the speed has in, is increasing so rapidly. Um, you know, we have, you know, 10 years ago, we would see a, a new technology language or process pop up maybe a couple times a year. Now there seems like there's a new language or process popping up every couple months, especially with open source technologies and other things. And so now more than ever, you have to dedicate and invest in yourself. Um, so what does that look like? Spending a, a, some time um, either every week or every day, learning something new or growing. And, and more importantly, seeing what's out there, uh, in, in, in learning what's relevant uh, to grow on. So what that means is listening, look at what employers are posting on their job postings, see what technologies are emerging, see what skill sets, see what certifications are, are in high demand. And, you know, listen to what the market is telling you and, and use that to enrich your skill sets. And, um, you know, the, the most successful people I know, um, you know, they're professional learners. Uh, they take time every day and they say, well, my job is my job, but my job is also to learn. And, um, and that's what I would say to, to anybody who's been successful with me is they, they really dedicate themselves to continuous learning. Yeah, I am of the same mindset. As a matter of fact, I start law school in September. So <laughs> I'm like, never stop learning. So you're just going to get all the, all the, uh, post uh, all the acronyms, all the DR, <laughs> the JD, you got to throw the MBA on there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Have it all. So, wow. so Luke, I want to thank you so much for being on stop being the best kept secret and please let everyone know how they can find out more about you and your company. Yes, Tina. So uh, my name again is Luke Doubler. Last name spelled D-O-U-B-L-E-R. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my website is recruitercentral.io. Uh, either one of those places would be a great place to contact me. Uh, if you're looking uh, as an employer uh, to fill a difficult uh, to fill role, uh, my team would be ideal for that. We have some of the most innovative recruiting strategies in the market. Uh, we mainly work on the uh, employer side. So like resumes and uh, marketing, that's really not the, the space we play, but I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn or, or Twitter. And Mr. Talent Sourcer so is my Twitter handle. Yeah. Mr. Talent Sourcer. Okay. Crazy. I think I'll be on Twitter until October when they hand over the keys I'm off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching that closely too to say, okay, when do they hand the keys over to him? And when they do, then I shut my account down. So yeah. I'm paying attention to that as well. But thank you again so much for being here. Everyone, this is Dr. Tana in session, your host of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. And be sure to come back for another episode. Thanks again, Luke. And best of luck with all that you're doing at Recruit Central and to your team. Yes, God bless. Thank you.